glorious day. It's good to see you. It is a warm day. So our protocol, I suppose, about sitting and standing, I hope you will use what works for you. So at times when we might ordinarily stand, you might find it's easier to remain seated, a bit cooler. You're welcome to do that. This being the fifth Sunday in Pentecost, we encounter a very familiar to us parable. We call it the parable of the Good Samaritan. And it essentially takes an important question and drops it into the lap of the church. And that question, Sylvia already knows it, who is my neighbor? But we ask it in a way that is very different from the critic who asks the question the first time to Jesus in the first place. As we gather for worship, we will be using the big red hymnal today, as well as the green leaflet that has in it things like the psalm and the order of confession. So those two things together, I think, will help us to navigate today's service. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replied, what is written in the law? What do you read there? The lawyer answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asks Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replies, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, and having poured oil and wine on them, he then put the man on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, take care of him, and when I come back, I will pay you whatever more you spend. Which three of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The lawyer said, the one who showed mercy. 
And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The gospel of our Lord. Grace and peace to you from the one who was, who is, who is to come. So we have courtside seats to some verbal tennis. It was a popular convention in Jesus' day. It was a teaching tool, but more often than not, it was a one-up, one-down competition. And so here is Jesus' critic, a lawyer, a teacher of the law, who is convinced he's setting himself up for the overhead smash, he's going to put away the set and ask, so, who is my neighbor? And Jesus throws it out there. That's literally what the word parable means. Throw it out there. Parables start predictably. They lull us in. And then they do this really strange topspin that we can't quite deal with. And it jolts us then into thinking differently. And the hope is living differently. Who is our neighbor? Chances are, I don't know, we sometimes call this story the Good Samaritan out of a sense of schadenfreude because we sort of like that the lawyer squirms with that question. But if we're honest, it's our question too. And we're scandalized too. For the teacher of the law, the problem was who the hero was in the story. There are other problems, but that's a long Bible study, and I discovered if it were a sermon, we would be here till Tuesday. So if you want to hear a little bit more, maybe we can do a study on it sometime. But for now, let me just say that the teacher of the law was primarily scandalized because those people are not the hero of the story. It just isn't done. We are scandalized because of the extent to which the Samaritan helps. He is so moved with compassion and he risks his own neck and he tends wounds, he takes a person to safety and he even pays for continued care. And then Jesus says to us, go and do likewise. Ouch. I mean, when you think about the enormity of need in the world, don't you feel sometimes like Jesus has sent us to clean up a landfill and handed us a pair of tweezers to do it? It's just too much sometimes. And we ask, how can we possibly do stuff and sustain ourselves? Especially as we become an aging and shrinking church overall in this continent. I read just yesterday that in record numbers, the church in Germany is now less than half connected with the Roman Catholic or the Evangelical Church. So there are a few, fewer of us, maybe, to do the work, to go and to do likewise. So what do we do? Well, the questions matter. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the night before he died, actually, gave the speech that you might have heard called, I Have Been to the Mountaintop. 
He gives it on occasion of a sanitation worker strike in Memphis, Tennessee. And he proceeds from the assumption that if one person suffers, we all suffer. And at one point, he draws on the parable of the Good Samaritan, saying that Jesus has taken this little philosophical debate and put it right in our laps. He goes on to say, so the very first question that, say, the priest or the Levite might ask is, what would happen to me if I helped? But then the Samaritan that unlikely hero comes along and asks a different question, Dr. King says. The question is, what will happen to him if I don't help? What does this helping look like? It certainly seems to suggest that we stretch ourselves sometimes, that we are about taking care of people's wounds, that we are about helping people live in safe conditions. As a church, this is maybe what we are called to do. We pray this week as National Church convenes for its convention. Among the themes as the greening of the church will be even care of the planet. It's part of our call too, because it is indeed all connected, isn't it? So we are called to a great and sometimes enormous feeling task. And it even gets bigger if you listen to the words of the late Desmond Tutu, the beloved archbishop in South Africa. He said that often we're there at the rushing river pulling out our siblings to rescue them. But there will come a time when we will need to walk upstream and find out why is it that they're falling in in the first place. That seems a tall order for us as church to even ask such a question. And who is our neighbor? Who needs us? As a thought experiment in a previous call, I asked people to go out and do a little poll in their families and among friends it was a thought experiment to say, if this church no longer existed, if it ceased to be, what about us would you miss? In one case, I didn't really like the answers very well because people came back and they said, well, my friends said they wouldn't notice. That hurt. Frequently, now we hear accounts of people saying, well, maybe it would be a good riddance because how often has the church sided with the powerful instead of going to help the person who's fallen into the ditch? We have to. But Jesus calls us to love neighbor as ourselves, and we own that too. Maybe you're okay with all that. Maybe it, it's easy for you. I have a hunch it's more of a struggle than that, though. It certainly is for pastors and all of us, I think. 
So maybe now is a good time to talk about what else parables do when Jesus throws it out there. Besides grinding our gears, which they are designed to do, these parables can bring inspiration and comfort too. When God goes about this blessing and saving the world and distributing this extravagant love, remember the stories that Jesus tells how that happens? A seed, a pinch of salt, unlikely and sometimes unlikable people being the agents of God's love in the world? Maybe there's something in there for us as maybe we take that pinch of salt or that seed, or maybe even when we're crabby, and still try to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so may the God whose love and life cannot be extinguished empower us to do what Jesus calls us to do, to love our neighbor, all of them. Amen. Thank you.